3: Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
4: Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call.
7: Fox Sports Radio, welcome inside final hour of the Doug Gottlieb Show. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug today. And we got a big story out of college football coming your way in a couple minutes. And really high school football by way yeah. of college football. Uh, but first, I wanted to bring this up because, this look, as you know... It, Tom Seaver passed away yesterday, seventy-five years old from complications of COVID nineteen, and he was suffering from dementia for a long time. And uh, look, we talked about it on the show last night. He was my guy in in, uh, my entire life of sports, and being a fan of all the guys that I loved, he was my guy number one without a doubt, and it wasn't even close. I love Curtis Martin. Curtis was the guy. Tom, you still have his hand. I I shook his hand a lot at the Super Bowl when we were there a couple. You wouldn't years let ago. him go. No, well, you had to kind of step in and say, "Stop shaking Curtis Martin's hand." i, I did. was like, "Okay, I I'll, did. I'll stop shaking his hand." But Tom Seaver was my guy. I mean, he was he was it. He was everything. When he got traded to the Reds, my dad woke me up in the morning and said, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, Tom Seaver got traded, and I started crying. Why would the Mets do this? The beginning of my career as a sports talk radio host, why would the Mets do this? I hate the Mets. They suck. All of this, blah, 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 blah. And I went and I ruined my entire Tom Seaver baseball card collection by crossing off Mets with a red pen and writing Reds on every single baseball. (laughs) Going Going back to like 1970, 1969, Tom Seaver, a collection that was, would have been worth so much money, but I'm crossing the names off because I'm so mad. And my dad didn't have the foresight to say, hey, you know what? In 40 years, you're probably going to want to sell these for a lot of money. So I wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. Ruin the baseball cards by crossing out Tom Seaver's name. It was devastating. And it, it, I, it, was, it was tough yesterday. It was hard doing the show last night. I hadn't sports cried in a real long time, but Tom Seaver was just it. And it almost it almost hit me again with a sports cry a few minutes ago because the Mets are playing the Yankees right now, uh, and the Yankees have already jumped over Robert Gazelman. Nice job. Uh, so the Yankees lead the Mets 4-1 to one right now in the bottom of the second inning. But what the Mets did today was they all came out, and in honor of Tom Seaver, they all dirtied the inside of the right knee of their pants leg because Seaver had perfect mechanics and he would scrape his right knee on the mound after every pitch. that's why he was so good. That's why he and Greg Maddox are the two right hand greatest right-handed pitchers in Major League Baseball history that I've seen. I can't go back to seeing Christy Matthewson pitch in 1920. And and he had perfect mechanics and he was just it. And and every he always had that he had a little pad he wore because he always scraped his knee. And every single Mets player in, to pay tribute to Tom Seaver is dirtying the inside of their right knee uh, before the game today. You can see him line up for the national anthem, all with dirty right knees. And that's a pretty cool thing to see him do.
2: There you go. Your tribute. I know that was your guy. You had your sports cry with that. You know, I had my uh, sports cry remembering 25 years to the day, 1715 Northwestern over Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just had to get that in. Uh, I know we you on, did. We were on both sides of it yesterday, and you you're know, wearing purple shorts today too. I'm sure. Well, I am in, in honor of that great victory. But you know, to to your point, I mean, I remember Seaver as a Red, and then later as a you know Hall of Famer for the White Sox, where he picked. He up did win 300. number three
7: hundred with the White Sox, so I'll, sure. I'll allow you to to accept him as White Sox Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah, and he won his final game three hundred eleven uh, with the Red Sox. So there you go. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. the the point being that. He was a guy that by time I was of age to watch baseball, I just remember him, you know, not only showing up on the baseball bunch, but also uh, as a member of the Cincinnati Reds. It's not until I got a little bit older and started doing all my, you know, research and, well, the baseball cards had a lot to do with it, uh, of him as a Met. I mean, that that's likewise, you know, Nolan Ryan was an Astro,
1: mm-hmm. not a
2: Met. Sorry about that. Yeah that's, nah, well, the, yeah, that's the way trade. it goes. You know, Mets made a bad trade. So, spoiler in. alert, Mets made a bad trade. <laughs> but then you go back in, in time and you, and you realize just how dominant uh he was and the lo- not only the longevity, right? All the double-digit win seasons, but you're talking about a guy the, the durability in games, 61 shutouts in his career. Yeah. I mean, that's shutouts. That that's just complete games. Shutouts, man. So you talk about dominance uh tip a cap to him uh obviously dementia you know we're learning more and more about this there's a Robin Williams documentary that just dropped for folks that want to learn a little more about this and uh just you know hopefully you know his family uh, finds some peace and and good memories
7: Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug Gottlieb today. Uh, so we'll continue to remember Tom Seaver. I'm, I'm, I got my Tom Seaver jersey on. I've worn it the last two days. I don't think I'm ever going to take it off again. Uh, it's just been that kind of last 24 hours. Uh, but the big news today, uh, breaking out of the Big Ten, revolves around college football. And as every few minutes come by, we're getting new bits of information. As the college football season gets closer, there has been the push from the Big Ten. Maybe they're going to try to play. President Trump talked to uh, a Big Ten commissioner earlier this week and said, oh, Big Ten's return is on the one-yard line. And then the Big Ten said, no, it's not. We're still figuring things out. And then we get this bombshell today out of Penn State. All right. Wayne Sebastianelli is Penn State's director of athletic medicine, and he put this information out earlier today during a a, uh, board of school of directors meeting that over 30 percent of the players who tested positive in the Big Ten for COVID-19 Also are linked to myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart muscle that reduces the heart's ability to pump blood and can be fatal if it's not addressed. According to the Mayo Clinic, it's the third leading cause of sudden death in young people. So now, according to this report, 30% of the college football players who tested positive for COVID-19 are linked to myocarditis, which is a different thing entirely and not part of what we've talked about when it comes to COVID nineteen and teams playing and not playing. We've had the because we've been we've been we've been really just busied with, okay, stay away from it. What do you do if you get it? Then you return and you, you get better and you turn back and you come well, back to play. Yeah, That's and all what the protocols. Been. we've not we've yeah, not and- talked about. Yeah, we've not talked about what the ramifications are of once you get COVID-19 that maybe for a couple of months you shouldn't play because your heart still needs time to heal after, you know, myocarditis which could be a result of COVID-19. So this is part of the conversation that's now just starting to come up, which is insane because this underscores the big issue with college football. You know, you can sit here and go back and forth and say they should play, they should not play. And look, it's all broken across political lines. You know, the south and the lower Midwest want to play. The, the West Coast doesn't want to play. They want to postpone. And in the swing states, in the Big Ten, in Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, they're leaning one way or the other. Some want to play. Some don't want to play. So it's kind of broke, broken along political lines. But the, the way this really is, is become a mess is because there is no leadership at the top of college football to make a decision to push the sport forward, right? Look at the other big sport. Look look at what we're seeing right now. NBA, Adam Silver pushing the sport forward. We have the bubble idea. This is what we're doing. Gary Bettman saying, you know, that's a good idea. Let's play the NHL playoffs in a couple of bubbles. That's working, right? Major League Baseball, we can't play in a bubble, but we're doing it the best we can. We're going forward and we're playing. It's all working because there is leadership at the top. What's the one sport that doesn't have it? college football and they always say in times of stress you find out what a leader is like and that's a true measure of a person and here's big time of stress in college football and what are we getting Half of college football says they want to play. Half wants to postpone. There's no one to make that decision. You have the commissioners of the conferences saying, yes, we're playing or not playing. Then you have the presidents of the schools saying individually saying, we want to play or not play. So you wonder why college football is a mess and everybody is at each other's throats. And the SEC and the ACC are saying, you should all play. It's the real season for us. And the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are saying, wait, are we doing it safely enough? you don't have the leadership that's actually bringing the sport forward. And we get into this conversation when it comes to, oh, players should wind up getting paid and they should wind up being reimbursed and all this stuff, and the lack of leadership there is apparent, but now it's really glaring because this is bigger than just, hey, should guys that get scholarships be able to get more money? This is the fabric of the game and half the half the teams think they can play and the other half think we can't play and there's no one to bring this forward. And that's a huge glaring hole and what the NCAA has got to address who's calling these shots. Who's saying, okay, let's make sure all the schools that are playing have the information on myocarditis. Do any players that have tested positive, do they uh, come up with myocarditis? Conversely, you schools that don't want to play – Some of you have zero positive COVID-19 tests. Why aren't you working towards playing? Because you have it. I I understand that you're going to... But everything is fine. Michigan's had no positive COVID-19. They've been zero all the way down. Why can't they continue to play? But there's no one to enforce this because there's too many people that can weigh in at different times. And there's too many different opinions you can point to. Because you're going to have the people who want to postpone college sports, you have the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to look at this and say, here's a big deal, COVID-19, myocarditis. I guarantee you later on today, you're going to see from the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 are going to say, well, here's what we see, that myocarditis is something that once you heal from it, it's, it's, it's not something that affects you anymore. So you're going to see studies that really just paint whatever way you want to paint the argument. We want to be able to play, so we're going to paint myocarditis as not being a big deal. We want to be safe, so we're going to paint myocarditis as being a very big deal. Now, whether it is or isn't, there's no one to say, listen, all of you kids, stop eating glue, get away from the other side
2: of the classroom, come sit at this table, and
7: let's all figure it out. And college football doesn't have it.
2: Well, like I I, I taught you the micro versus macro world a while ago. It goes to the same thing. And that was nice. I appreciate you teaching me that, buddy. That was nice. Well, you know what? I got to have some value to you. Uh, And that's where we extend it out, right? You you talk about politics being involved. Look at uh, Gretchen uh, Whitmer in Michigan who was so, yeah, I'm glad we're not playing games, uh, summarizing some statements of a couple of weeks ago. All of a sudden, a reversal of fortune in Michigan. High school football will commence on the 17th now new world order in the pac-12 they've mm-hmm. been really quiet today yep. they they just put out a press release today we've announced a co- groundbreaking covid 19 testing research initiative with Quidel, q-u-i-d-e-l corporation saying that they may have rapid test results in 15 minutes quote from larry scott it's a a game changer so you know, we keep getting more information. But to your point about the the separation conference to conference, there's a lot of good in that. Obviously, we know where there are some pitfalls because you know not everybody has the same resources. So should they be governed the same way? That's the argument. Likewise, you know the needs for governing in general when we talk about the federal level in Washington D.C. versus well, why else would you have a governor? They should have something to do, right? So that that's the, the other part is that they try to look out, and you can all argue wherever you live. Thanks for being with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you, you can decide how well or poorly uh, they're administering to the needs of their communities, but that's their job, right? Fight for resources and try to take the best care uh, and of using the information at hand. Likewise with college football, as we've talked about with conferences when they went to conference-only schedules, it made sense because you didn't have to sit in the meeting room or go and flip quarters like you're in Friday Night Lights to come to a determination on anything. (laughs) So, like, here's our rules of engagement. Everybody in? All right. You're not? Beat it. And we go from there. It's not the, you know, quibbling over, you know, line item 34 and what protocols you have to administer the two to three weeks prior to engaging us Uh, On the football field. So uh, I I think there's a lot to it. And obviously, myocarditis, we're all going to start becoming, you know, getting our quick medical degrees, right online certificates or whatever, just like to work in sports talk radio, we've had to go and get quasi law books. Uh, in our, in, look, if we started putting up uh, our bookshelves like everybody else, Smith, I mean, I know I've oh, got yeah. all. We've got the business books. we got the law books. Now I've got to go get a medical journal and some charts. Maybe I'll put a big medical chart behind me and I can really look smart then, but it's, it's all of that. See, you're, it'd you're be tough because to beh- new information. I, I, behind me, I have
7: like the, uh, uh, the, you know, the, I don't have those kind of books on my books. I'm looking at my bookshelf, and I have the uh, collecting the United States quarters from all oh, the different states. I have this. Do you have them all? Book. No, no, no. We're missing about, about 10 or 15 states. Yeah, I would have the book. Yeah. Uh, I have and some of my daughter's children's books that she doesn't read anymore that, that are stuff that she read when she was like four and five. It's time to of so Yeah, I kind of have a weird. I, I wouldn't have that. Uh, hey, listen to this guy because he's got books in back of him. Yeah, minor I, I and rich that guy ma- on agony, television. Let me tell you. Yeah. No, no, no. I knew a guy named Rich Mahogany once. Or was he in a movie on Cinemax? Hang hey on. Hey, now. I mean, Rich Mahogany. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I realize i got to step up my book game on the shelf if I'm going to do uh, TV interviews. i got to do that, yeah. Yeah, we'll work wow, on that. Okay. But,
2: but, yeah, I yeah. mean, as you can see, rapidly evolving, <laughs> rapidly changing landscape. Anybody that just dug their heels in one way or the other seems kind of foolish. Try to figure out best practices. And we've talked about it all along. It's risk assessment and trying to see – you know, what, what's the best course of action. Because if you just want to sit on the sideline and wait for the magical elixir to come down, look, man, Harry Potter ain't here. Hermione Granger is not going and finding something in the potions class to solve it all. Hermione's not work.
7: coming through that door. No, that's right, man. <laughs> Seamus
2: Finnegan's not coming through that door. No, no, door. no, we don't Sheamus need him around horrible, for this. It? You know, we, yeah. we, need, yeah, we, we need him, you know, to be on our side, but... uh Well, maybe we don't. Maybe maybe we give him up and they (laughs) they let him experiment. But either way, the point being that, you know, even a vaccine, it's not a cure. Right. I mean, we we just have to remember that. Maybe it it smooths things and gives you a little more um, calm. But in the end, there's still so much unknown going forward. But as I've argued all along, we can't stop living. We have to find a way.
9: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City
7: Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug today. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to leave the house and rediscover the road. The first ever Mazda CX-30 is made for people who love to drive. If that's you, then go to MazdaUSA.com. That's MazdaUSA.com to learn more about the entire Mazda CUV lineup and available finance options. Well, the big breaking story of the day revolves around college football in which uh, Penn State uh, put out a statement earlier today. The athletic doctor says that one-third of Of the positive COVID-19 positive tests in the Big Ten have myocarditis, which is a heart condition that could turn fatal if not addressed. Uh, On top of this report, hey, the state of Michigan is going to play high school football this year. That was a big deal. It came down a few minutes ago. So what does this mean for the Big Ten? University of Michigan has always wanted to continue their season. Joining us now on the hotline. Home of your one-stop shopping for college football news, it is the aptly named collegefootballnews.com's editor-in-chief, Grand Poobah, friend of the show, longtime college football insider, Pete Futak.
10: Pete, what's happening, man? Poison doesn't make the trip to the afternoon. Is that, uh, is that how
7: this works, <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot to tell Johnny Ramos that Poison was your walk-up
10: music. I we will play I you off with action. some Poison. I- I cannot promise you're going to get the best Pete Fewtech I can possibly be now, but I'm going to I'll fight through it and get there anyway. Uh, yeah, to pivot over to what you were talking about, it's it's hard. You know, it, the problem with it, you know, it, it, this is where the college athletes not having representation, not having agents, not having a third party, uh, P, you know, agent on their behalf really hurts because the, the NFL and the pro guys they have well paid people whose job it is to look out for their unions, their uh, health, and their well-being. So however things work out at the next level, at least they're collectively bargained, and however you believe it, you got to trust as a player that there is somebody looking out for your interest. And the problem with the, the Penn State story, and you have other schools that aren't releasing their COVID results, there are other schools that are kind of questioning, hey, we haven't seen any of this myocarditis thing you're talking about, is that it's so all over the place, and... Who do you trust? You know, what, you know what, how do you compare the Penn State players who got it compared to the regular students? How do they compare to other athletes? How do they comp- compare to mo- everyone who's got it? I mean, the, it's such a big, broad topic. But the main part of this is I, I kind of take the same attitude as I take in the, the whole discussion about concussions and CTE is as long as the players, and in this case the parents, know what they're dealing with, Then they can make an informed informed decision, and then they can make their choice whether or not they want to risk it and and play or do what they have to do. The problem is if the parents and the players don't know everything that there is to know, that's where there's a problem.
7: Well, we talked about this issue a couple of times, Pete, is that you see the way all sports are coming back. You know, they have a commissioner and and a stop all to say, this is what we're doing right or wrong. This is this is how we're going to go forward. We're in a bubble. We're not in a bubble. We're going to test this way. We're not going to test this way. And college football doesn't have that. And, and that this is the, the screaming void that they need because it's individual conferences making their own decisions and then individual uh, teams and schools making their own decisions about play. There's no way to go forward because we're not going to come together on this. You know, we've talked about it being politically divided the way it is. And any school that wants to play is going to have the information out there that says it's safe to. Any school that doesn't want to is going to say, well, here's reasons why we postponed. If college football had that leadership going forward, it would take care of a lot lot of things and at least the sport could all be on the same page with each other
10: yeah you can always find someone to say yes you can always find something that's going to tell you or or whatever side you want to be on you can always find uh someone who's going to tell you what you want to hear but to your point we do kind of have commissioners they're on a conference level and then what you happen though happens to your point is when you do have a commissioner like kevin warren who speaks for the, the college president, and, and you made that point up earlier about uh, Michigan playing high school and Michigan always wanted to play. Well, Michigan kind of wants to play, but the school president voted no. So you do have that, and then everyone goes in, in crazy because they're like, well, why aren't we playing? Look at, you know, tonight Southern Miss and South Alabama are playing, so why can't we go out there and play? And then you make it even weirder by, okay, well, you're not going to play games, but Big Ten teams, you can still practice. It's like, wait a minute here, what is it? Either you're going to say this isn't safe and we're all in, and whether you believe it or not, at least that's a call, or you're going to say we're all in and we can play. Like, what, Where's the protocol? Everyone's trying to figure this out. And now the other kind of story of the day that's happening is in the Pac-12 where they're in cahoots with someone who's come up with a, uh, what seems to be another uh, fast, reliable, and uh, safe test. That you know, there's a bunch of those that are popping up at once, and it's kind of there's this underlying sense that just get through the day because it very, very, very soon the next the breakthrough is going to be that athletes, forgetting society as a whole, but athletes on all levels are going to have fast, easy tests, and once you have that, there you go. Now we're good, uh, but just get there without getting sick first. That's the hard part.
2: Well, and and that becomes the big question of the proposed vote for the big 10 you know this october 10th date kept floating around and the pac-12 had been quiet and look larry scott deserves to wear it for a lot of things pete but maybe just playing the waiting game they end up coming to the table and look like heroes if they can uh make this work with this uh what is it quiddle uh yeah (laughs) company
10: yeah i mean like yeah, God forbid someone ends up dying, Some player in one of the conferences that's playing dies. If that happens, all of a sudden the narrative changes, and then Pat, uh, Larry Scott, and uh, Kevin Warren look a whole look completely different. You know, and so we don't know how this is going to work. Or on the flip side, hopefully everything goes smooth. We figure it out. We have a clean college football season. And the worst thing that happens is. The Big Ten and Pac-12 get yelled at for, see, we could have played. And I, I kind of think that's probably going to be the way this thing happens. Uh, but look, the Pac-12 made a call. The Big Ten made a call. And I honestly believe that the two of them actually thought that everyone was going to be out. And then they said they're going to be out. And the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 were like, yeah, you know, we're just going to kind of wait and see on this. Uh, so let's see. Look, I, I think that what's happening right now, as you're seeing across the board, is even where there are cases, college football is just plowing through. North Carolina, they had to go uh, remote learning; they kept having football practice. Alabama has something like 1,500 or so cases. South Carolina has a thousand plus cases on campus. They're still practicing football. Football's just kind of steamrolling on. And the whole idea that you, that we all talked about with you know various other appearances about, well, you can't have college football without students on campuses because of the optics. Well, yeah, you can apparently. Optics, schmoptics. They're going to try to
7: keep playing college football. That's what I said. Optics, schmoptics. I like that.
10: Hey, Pete, what are the odds?
7: What are the odds we see at some point in the next few days? All right, because we're still a ways away from the real season beginning, which are the Power Five conferences that are going to start playing later on in September. What are the odds we see the Big Ten and the Pac-12 say, okay, we will try to play. We will start. Let's go for mid-October. We're all going to play. We'll redo the schedule. We'll still play our conference-only schedule that we have. We're just going to move the calendar down a bit. But we'll all play this season. We'll all try to do it middle of October and see if we can do it then. Any odds that that happens and we, still, we get a full college football season, it just starts a little bit later?
10: I would say more likely after Thanksgiving, if anything, because the problem with that is something's got to change. And you're, you've got, if you want to talk about ego – there are no more egotistical people in the world than college administrators. And you've got 11 of them who presidents and the Big Ten who voted not to play. And now they're daring to be questioned. They're not going to budge off of this because they made a call and they're going to stick with it. But if not, something's got to change. Either they have to have tests that come through and look OK or something has to flip for them to play and get out there and do this. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen uh i think they're more likely to say okay we're gonna we got something in place for thanksgiving or maybe the spring even or they just say you know what we're just going to get through this and we'll see you in 2021 because at the moment you have to remember it's going to take a while there's one pack 12 entity that said hey we're going to need like six weeks to get everything up to speed just to play so i think thanksgiving would be more likely in your scenario than october but in the meantime. You know, look, take what we got. We're it's, we're getting football this weekend. I think I don't know about you, but like I've sensed zero buzz about the NFL, zero buzz about college football because so it hasn't been real yet. I think once next week hits and we get Kansas City uh, kicking off, uh, blanking who they're called, Houston, kicking off against Houston, and we have a fuller slate of games, then it's going to feel like football. But really, it just doesn't seem like everyone else is there yet, and I don't think it's going to. The optics are there for the Big Ten and Pac-12 to say, yeah. Let's get out there because everyone else is
11: playing.
2: Tell me, tell me truthfully though, Pete, how did you celebrate that Saturday kickoff this past week? I mean, we got two couple of games tonight to, to mull through, but I mean that Central Arkansas game, man, that was a fantastic finish.
10: And I would be about a thousand times more obnoxious than I already am if Austin P had freaking held on and for that four and a half. <laughs> uh, it, you know, that you want to. Say, you, you say celebrate. I say, wait a minute, in a global pandemic, I'm sitting here, you know, five inches from the screen watching two FCS teams play so one team can hold on so they might be able to cover a four and a half freaking spread, you know, for something called the Austin Peak Governors. That's my life. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.
2: I count that as a win, Pete Futek. In 2020, man, that is winning the Kentucky Derby, which will run this Hey, week. look,
10: I, I got football tonight. I got FBS versus FBS football tonight. NFL Networks on YouTube TV. Now, it's pivoting. The pivot comes today. 2020 just changed for me. <laughs> you
7: can follow him on Twitter, at Pete Futek. That is at Pete Futek, editor, proprietor, owner. Anything else you want to say about collegefootballnews.com? You're one stop shopping for all your college football news. You ask for poison, Pete FuTech, in the middle of the day. We'll give you some poison. Uh, thanks so much, buddy. We'll talk top, to you soon. But
2: I'll, I'll take it. I will
7: take it.
1: <laughs> <All first. right. laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, Beggars
2: can't be choosers, Futek.
7: <laughs> you know, I want to say, I think we are the, speaking of owners and proprietors, I think we were the first show to really uh, give, uh, give uh, guests their own walk up music and playoff
2: music. I don't think anybody well, else did that before we especially started Especially because we, we didn't veto them either, though. Like, I, I'm sure right. someone's done it before. We, we just said, all right, poison may not be what I want to hear. But you know what? Yeah. If it gets Pete check riled <laughs> up, let's go. <laughs>
7: uh, so the big news, NBA news of the day. Well, look, we've talked a lot about Giannis. But here's Steve Nash now, selected as the next head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, Nash is a Hall of Famer. He's a great player. I like Steve Nash. I think he can be a successful head coach. You have asked him to go to Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. now you have to mold and shape Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Good bleepin' luck. Right? Mike D'Antoni congratulated him today and said, "Hey, because his former coach, look, Steve Nash, became a phenomenally great player and continued to be great and flourish under Mike D'Antoni. He said, you have gone to the frying pan in the fire. You haven't gone from the frying pan to the fire. You have gone to the frying pan that is in the fire. Look, he can be great, and and right now it's all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are an absolute handful to coach for different reasons. And what's going to happen is a guy like Steve Nash that's never done it before is going to try to be finding his way as a head coach. That's not going to work for KD and Kyrie. The first couple of times decisions made that they disagree with, they're not going to follow him. And the Nets needed somebody who had been through the wars before, had coached. Big time star players, or at least have been told, hey, you know what? Listen, hey, this guy was really great. You know, hey, KD calls up Steph and Steph says, listen, Mark Jackson was phenomenal, man. He turned me into the player I am. This is the guy. Yes, he's had a couple of issues, but boy, he was really, really good. You need someone the players, when it comes down to them making decisions, are going to say, all right, he has the cachet for me to buy in. Because if you don't get the buy in from KD and Kyrie Irving, forget it. And getting the buy in from Kyrie, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, the guy wakes up one. One day and you don't know what he's thinking from one moment to the next. But KD has proven to be a handful to coach because he's never found a place he can be happy. All right, was he happy in Oklahoma City for a bit? Then he wasn't. But now I'm going to Golden State and I'm going to make it, I'm going to be happy because I'm going to go stop everything that has been criticism of me and that's i can't win a championship i go there i win two championships i'm i'm the mvp of the finals twice and still it's not enough cuz you joined a super team now i got to go to brooklyn to... he couldn't be happy in golden state which is a place where most uh, players would would fall all over themselves to be there because that's a great place steve curry's created a phenomenal atmosphere there for players who all, from all different walks of life have wound up being able to uh, be able to congeal with each other and to succeed and meld and mesh. And KD is a handful. And Steve Nash can't point to say, listen, follow me here. This Greg Popovich would have been awesome to go to the Brooklyn Nets to be a head coach because you know they would follow the guy. And he would challenge them and make sure they were doing things the right way. I don't see that with Steve
2: Nash. That's good. that's a really hard sell for me, Steve Nash in Brooklyn. See, I think it all comes down to these guys vetted it. And maybe it's, you know, this is the honeymoon period, as you like to describe it. And we'll see once they're actually... You know, all in the fire together. I guess Steve Nash is just there, and the other guys will be added, you know, kind of like you add shrimp in the last minute or two so you don't overcook it. I guess that's, you know, my cooking analogy as we go through here. The other ingredients, the rest of this roster comes in. But, you know, you're looking for someone to come in and lead a team that, look, if these guys are healthy, they're expected to go and challenge Boston, Toronto, and, and Milwaukee at the top, right? So we, we rolled it there. And, and so you're looking at coaches that are available. Who's there? I mean, if they wanted Jack Vaughn, they, they would have hired him.
7: Oh, Ty has right? got a championship. He's somebody LeBron listened to. I mean, there's, there's many Sure, but, he's, but he's, be... he's allegedly going to Philly. Well, right? allegedly they could have maybe got him to go to Brooklyn if they wanted. Well, maybe, but, does, but maybe they didn't want him. Right? It doesn't need to be a championship. It, sure. it it could be a champ, but it needs to be someone that hey, this guy has coached star diva
2: players and and we know he knows how to handle them. That, See, that's yeah, a I think it's more the relationships more than the you know, hey, when when the chips are down cuz like he's got this relationship with Durant going back a few years as a, you know, consultant Always smile when I hear consultant, uh, but with with the Warriors, so you know, obviously a good fit there. Everybody else is a okay. Do they get along with these guys? Because they you might have a and wow the GM and the owner. But if you don't get the buy in of your superstars, it's going to be a hard sell, right? Unless you've got someone with the gravitas to say no, no, this is going to work. Like we've talked about a lot in Miami right? LeBron didn't want Spolster. He wanted Pat Riley, and Pat Riley, in his infinite wisdom, said, beat it. We got something here, and this kid's good. 12 years later, look what he's doing for your heat. <laughs> See what I just did for you there? My heat. You don't need that big experience, and I think it's more the relationship uh, and, and the you know testing yourself in the fire of games will come soon enough. Uh, I, I think you need to have... The, the full buy-in before, because if you come in skeptical, you're going to be picking around the edges trying to find all the faults, as opposed to, all right, we're, we're good in principle. Now let's build on that.
7: And listen, if you take one thing away from the last few minutes, our difference of opinion uh, over Steve Nash, take away from this, I picked the Heat to go to the NBA Finals this year. So just, just did. T- t- take, take that away, my Heat, my Heat. I, I have
2: the Celtics uh, against the Nuggets. Celtics are halfway there to the next round, buddy. So yeah, well, well so, right so, are so the Heat, you. buddy. So right so right so alongside my heat. you, that's what I'm saying. We're going to have
7: maybe, maybe a fist fight between you and I, and then the, the, the winning team goes on to the Finals. You will lose. No, I'll fight dirty. No, that's what would happen. I'd, I'd hit you with a chair over the head. Nah,
2: you wouldn't want to get your Seaver jersey dirty. <laughs> I mean, that's there's too much respect for that. So I'm at a
9: decided advantage. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
8: Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com.
12: sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com.
1: Toyota,
12: let's go places.
1: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
8: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
1: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
7: Jason Smith, Mike Harmon in for Doug today. Now, do you think it's okay to drive stoned? Well, it's not. The truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. So every day at this time, you know we love to do it. It's time for The Press.
9: The Press. The Press.
7: All right, Isaac Lowercron, what do you have for us, my friend?
11: The Boston Globe reporting that New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick officially named Cam Newton as the Patriots' starting quarterback during a team meeting earlier today. By the way, he was also named one of the Patriots' offensive captains going into his first year with the team.
7: Let this be a lesson for everyone who bought into the off season. Oh, the Patriots know what they're doing. Jared Stidham is fantastic. Belichick's not going to go from Tom Brady to Jared Stidham unless he's a star. Yeah, and now Jared Stidham stinks, and they had to go get Cam hey, 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 hey. to come. Now play. wait
2: a minute, McMahon.
7: If he didn't stink, they wouldn't have gone out to get Cam Newton. So all that hype of, oh, Jared Stidham's awesome, Belichick, when you guys don't understand Belichick. No, Jared Stidham was never any good. He wasn't good (laughs) from all reports we've heard in camp. He's hurt. Of course it's going to be Cam Newton.
2: Look at you. Yeah, I agree. You have the opportunity here to, to get a former MVP on the scrap heap in an incentive-laden deal with an unproven guy that you just brought into the fray last year. Yeah, I'll kick the tires. And you know what else? It keeps him away from any division rival thinking about getting him on the cheap or AFC competitors. No way, man. This is an opportunity. It was a bold strategy, and it's also keep it up with the Bradys in top Okay. Of He'll get them to five
7: wins this year. You just watch. Still beat out the Jets. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) We're going to win 13 games this year. We're fine. Our receivers are great. We're all healthy.
11: The New York (laughs) Mets today honored the late, great Tom Seaver before their game against the Yankees. Every player put dirt on their right knee of their pants today, symbolic of his iconic delivery where his right knee scrapes the dirt on the pitching mound on his way to home plate. They also tipped all their caps to his number 41 hanging in the upper deck in left field, they also hung his number 41 jersey in the dugout today.
7: Look, Seaver, as I've said it in my whole life, he's my guy. He's the guy that I've loved the most as a sports fan. And him dying yesterday, even though I knew that that his time was short, uh, he'd retired from public life because of dementia, it, it it still stings because it's seeing him gone. He was he was such a big deal for me. And it's great to see the Mets do it this way and, and, and honor him with the, with the patch of dirt on the inside of their right knee, which is awesome. And, and, you know, maybe the other thing to see today is, and I can't believe somebody put this together, uh, you can see Tom Seaver's delivery, talking about the delivery, through his baseball cards of his major league baseball career. You you start with different years, but you but it takes you through his entire delivery from the from the set position all the way through him throwing the baseball of all his baseball cards and tops and fleer and all different ones from the seventies and eighties. It is awesome. It's on Facebook. Check it out. It's fantastic. And
11: Jason, this is for you Vin Scully, yes, ninety two year old Vin Scully just joined Twitter. It's legitimately officially him verified Vin Scully himself tweeted a short time ago, quote, Tom Seaver was the best right-handed pitcher I ever saw. R.I.P. Oh. Tom Terrific. High praise indeed. And by the way, in proof that we can't have anything nice anymore, among the comments from that very innocent, nice post, this from at and Marv. Huh? Oh boy. You're on crack, Pedro, Roger, Verlander, Maddox, all way better. What a nice uh, welcome to social media yeah. for the great, classy Vin Scully, huh? So much knew for
7: to Scully statement happen. yesterday saying, hey, we're not going to talk about anything bad or controversial or negative here. Uh, we're going to be just tell good stories about the sport we love. Yeah, that made it for about 10 hours. Oh, Vin Scully, you
2: stink. Joe Davis is better than you.
9: That's wow. happening the way it is. Okay. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. <laughs> As soon as you uh, in-
2: rank stuff, you're in trouble.
9: Yeah,
7: and believe it or not, you know, one quick thing to get to here because we talked about it. Roger Federer is the highest-paid athlete last year in the world of sports. How about that?
2: know uh, Fed- Messi like, and that
7: transfer fee. It's like years after you're great, you can still be highly paid. Good, good work. Good to know. <laughs> For Mike, I'm Jason. You're listening to Fox.
9: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.